All right. Hello, everybody. This is Matt Ryan on All Roads Lead to Real Estate. And today's podcast is uh, being recorded on 420. And so I thought it was only fitting. Uh, and by the way, this is a suggestion from a good buddy of mine named Chris, a uh, high school buddy of mine. Uh, well, I guess childhood all the way up. Uh, he gave me an idea. He said, you know what? You should really consider if you're recording on 420 to do it on the subject matter at hand. And so I said, I don't know how we're going to tie this into real estate exactly, but guess what? We're going to figure it out Um, because it's something that, I mean, all the way through college, I had uh, a really interesting experience. I was a big nerd, and so I didn't really touch the stuff um, until later uh, in life. But I have just a, I don't know, an interesting assortment of friends and colleagues and, and clients over the years that have had lots of different views, medical professionals. I had a, a roommate in college even that um, is a doctor, PhD now, and studies um, all about cannabis. And so he has learned so much and he educated me about all the different benefits and all the different, I guess, uh, I don't know, the, all the different ways that I think we're, we were taught since children and uh, students, what is it, Mothers Against um, Drugs and all the other programs out there, uh, you know, just about how much of it is true, how much of it isn't. So I thought, why not? Let's figure out a way to discuss it today. And with me, I brought a guest who I thought was fitting for the occasion. And this is something that she's very knowledgeable in. So I have a nurse practitioner. Her name is Nicole Dennis, and she uh, is independent, right? So she works for herself, but she also contracts out with Canacare doctors. And they are very large here in Maryland and other states, um, helping patients uh, obtain medical um care and medical licenses and and so i want to welcome uh welcome you nicole to the program thank you thank you so much for having me well yeah well thanks for joining me and i'll just say out there that that you have been my uh nurse practitioner that when i first got a medical license uh here in maryland when it became legal to do so you helped educate me and i was definitely the nerd who did not have much experience going in and so uh, I thought you were really just, I don't know, patient and um, and help somebody who was an idiot. And so uh, that's why I thought maybe you can do it for some of the folks out there that might not be familiar with it and might have a preconception of what it is and what it's not. And so let's yeah. educate some folks on 420. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Well, happy 420 to you. Yes. <laughs> so both of you. And um, I really wanted to just get across uh, here today that you know, cannabis is appropriate for a lot of people for all walks of life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to treat yourself also with not having that psychoactive or that high feeling. And so a lot of people have that concern thinking that they wouldn't be very productive or that they um, might have some psychoactive uh, responses that are not favorable. And so, um, I can talk more about the different components inside of cannabis for you. If oh, you we would will. Like. Yeah, we're sure. going to get there. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> okay. going to get there because I can yeah. tell you just when you talk to different people, they have different, just, you know, what they believe it to be true. I just think of my mother. She's no longer with us, but her idea of marijuana was shaped from her youth and her childhood where, you know, you had a President Nixon who said it was, you know, the, the worst thing in the world and the history in the United States around cannabis is crazy uh, about how disproportionately it has affected people in the country, right? So people of color have been dramatically uh, affected differently. Um, mm -hmm. In the early 1900s, when it came into the United States, uh, a lot of basically um, 
I guess we call it bigotry or racism, even to the Mexican population that came over that brought it with them and, and used it recreationally. But I just wanted to, to first get into your, you know, we'll get in a little bit of the background, but I wanted to first just explain how your background, I think, is going to help facilitate the conversation. So, Nicole, how long have you been a nurse practitioner now? Yeah, so I have been a nurse practitioner since 2017. Um, it's been six years mm -hmm. and I've been in the nursing field since uh, well, 2011. Is that right? Yeah, so it's been, been um, while. Yeah. over 11 years. And so um, my history, when I first started as an RN, I really started on a critical care unit, ICU unit. It was very tough place. Um, so I learned a lot there, but also that gave me a lot of drive to become a nurse practitioner. Um, just because I felt like nurses did a lot of care and, you know, we could make a lot of great decisions because how close we were to patients. And so um, that's what really drove me to become a nurse practitioner. Right. And so during my years of being an NP, I've been doing family practice, some GI, and now alternative medicine. Um, I kind of did some education on functional medicine, like learning about different herbs and, um, you know, minerals that can help cure certain conditions, and then also doing like IV infusions and things of that nature. So, but I've really been enjoying taking um, and learning more about the natural side of things and how that can help sometimes in conjunction with, um, you know, mainstream or the, the pharmaceutical world. Gotcha. But I really, really enjoy uh, the helping people. And I've helped so many patients over the last five years of doing the cannabis certifications. Um, just really helping them get off of medications and have a better quality of life. And how many patients would you say that you've treated, you know, related to cannabis over the last half decade? Do you have any idea? Yeah. Is it in the uh, hundreds? Is it in the thousands? What do you think? It's in the thousands. I've seen close to 7,000 oh patients in Maryland alone. I take care of, of Virginia as well. Wow. Um, so, and I've been doing Virginia for about three years now and wow. uh, three, four years. And I've probably seen maybe not as much, but probably about half of those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so seeing, I would say that that would, in my book, uh, call you a, a credible um, source here that had those conversations and you've been educated on it. And I'll also give a little touch of my background. I started right out of college in the medical space. I was in uh, pharmaceutical sales. I worked for Eli Lilly. I did, uh, I, I ran in their depression. Like, so basically I, I helped to talk to and educate nurse practitioners, everyone with prescribing habits or, or privileges rather um, in the state mm -hmm. of Maryland. So I had, you know, probably 250 doctors and nurses that I would call on and the division was neuroscience. So I had to do depression, anxiety, and I started off um, learning all about these different conditions. And so one of the things they never ever would talk about really is what about the, the, the different alternatives outside of a pill. And mm -hmm. so they would never explain what cannabis could potentially do, in my opinion, because they could make a profit off of it. And so I would go to these conferences all around the country, and it's just something that people never spoke about. And so is that your experience when you were learning medicine in nursing school? Did they ever bring this up back then? This ever? Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we're kind of taught to stray away from natural 
remedies because it's not you know approved or FDA approved and things like that. So that it's not always regulated or tested. So I guess that's why. But there are other natural modal modalities that people can use, like breathing techniques, aromatherapy, acupuncture, massage therapy, you know, that all fit into the realm of natural medicine and right. alternative medication. And so I think cannabis just fits right into that, you know, that realm of things. But yeah, we're definitely, um, you know, taught that. And then I think also, if I could jump into this with mood disorders, you know, there's been a stigma about cannabis kind of like exacerbating it or um, triggering it. And I think that my my perspective and my opinion is that we do not clearly know or we're not well versed on mental health, you know, for a long period of time. And we can still do better with that. Are you, when and you say we, do you mean the medical community or us as a society? Society as a whole. Okay. Yeah, both. And okay. um, just the approach to it has been kind of like um, not unique to a particular person right. and th there's different, you know, like I said, different treatment options. And so I feel like that's one of the great things with cannabis and because um, some of the previous studies don't really, or there's not that many, but don't really notate that patients that may have reported like some type of psychoactive um, uh, response, they probably had something underlying or was it family history or something of that nature. Okay. Right. So I just feel like that, um, that uh, particular, you know, negative uh, connotation on it yeah. should kind of be like, you know, removed or more investigated. Well, you know, through my own research and just conversations with people in the medical community, it's like learning more about it, you realize this is a plant that's been grown and used medicinally since at least 500 BC. And so yeah. the Asian culture and specifically China, they, mm -hmm. this was something used, I mean, all the way back then, potentially much longer than that, but at least it's when it's been documented. And so the history in the United States, like just leading up to it, it's just, it was used, it was hemp. I mean, it's here. It was, it was really a wonderful plant that has a lot of uses that mm -hmm. really due to the reasons our government continues to, you know, exemplify um, really racism, bigotry, and all the other the bad, I mean, it's just, it was a scapegoat almost, the, the folks that it was lazy, you were, you know, no good, you would just be stoned. It, it just, they really mm -hmm. drilled that into our heads. And then so some of the laws make no sense. And the reason mm -hmm. I start with the history is because why aren't there, res you know, you can explain it. Why don't we have proper research on this? Why don't we have psychedelic research? It's because it's illegal on the federal level. You can't test yeah, the stuff. They're not going to federally fund it, and they're not going to approve of it federally because it's federally illegal. So yeah. yeah, and so it's crazy. So the reason we don't know more, in my opinion, than well, not just I think a lot of people would agree with me than we all currently do, and is because we can't test it yet. And so until some federal laws change, we can't get there. And I I believe this is accurate. There's 37 states now including Washington, D.C., that have uh, medical cannabis that is now legal um, to, to use. And then, uh, now is that 37 in medical or is that 37 recreational? I might get I that mixed up. 37 recreational, and I think it was like around 20, or when I last I looked, it yeah. was like 20 something for the um, medical portion. Like some people oh, were still okay. working on 
Yeah. Okay, I figured it would be different. I thought it would be easier to get medical approved than than recreational. Yeah, I'm I can't remember. I'm sorry if I'm Maybe we confused it. Either way, we know that it's overwhelmingly approved. I know in the state of Maryland, yeah. and I will bring that up, but in the state of Maryland it's been approved everybody. So if you're not if you lived under a rock, uh you might not know that, but it's July 1st, correct? Right. That'll become recreational, yeah. Yeah. And really there's been a lot of um the first date, I think, started back in 2010. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. well, I know California. I've traveled there many times for work and for pleasure. But in 1996, that was the first state that allowed medical cannabis. And then they okay. later had it approved for recreational use. But mm-hmm. it, we don't, let's not even get started on the economics of cannabis and how we've screwed that up as a country. Oh, my Lord, we could be we could be making a fortune in terms of the government um, and helping the rest of us in terms of taxes because they've botched it over and over and over again. And I think they're still continuing to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's try to figure that out. But that's a whole different conversation than the type of approach I want to go over on this. So let's first go over what it, how it's going to affect the state of Maryland, because I know I think that's something people might want to be aware of. So right now you can get a cannabis card going through a company like yours, a can of care, there's others um, and get an actual prescription for it. And that's legal today. And then July 1st, if you're 21 years of age or older, you can have one and a half ounces of flour um, and then you can use it for personal use and you can grow two plants. Anybody can, correct? At public site, yeah. Out of public site. And then if you have a medical card, you can get four plants in your home, mm-hmm. you know, and with an additional two. Mm-hmm. And, and you have four ounces at the dispensary mm-hmm. and four ounces at the dispensary. So yeah. it, it, it's pretty radical. So it's 9% um, percent sales tax is going to be placed on that, which mm-hmm. I don't know where that's going exactly, but they're going to tax it, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to have to do it underground essentially because the federal government won't allow us to put the money in a bank. Yeah. It's still going to be cash um, uh, transactions. Yeah. Well, absolutely. let's get, Let's get started first. So I have an order of how I think this might be most easily digestible for most folks. So why mm-hmm. should someone consider even going to their doctor or going to Canicare docs or online and discussing and thinking about potentially getting a script or going to the store when it becomes legal? Why yeah. should someone consider it? Like what's what's yeah. been your experience? What, what are the biggest benefits or reasons why someone should consider it? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that um, just to piggyback off of what we were talking about, about doing this for so long and not having the proper research, but me doing this um, for the last five years, really seeing how many patients, and I would say um, 90% of my patients have reported a better quality of life. Like if that's improved sleep, um, improved appetite, um, less anxiety, depression, a lot of patients have reduce their amount of medications, either the dosage or the quantity of medications. And so I think that if somebody has a certain medical condition or a condition that they uh, would like to treat or have better control over and would like a more natural regimen or natural process um, and not have to worry about a lot of side effects, I think that cannabis would be a good place to actually start um, because there are a lot of medications that have a lot of negative side effects that we're all aware of. And, you know, people start them early 
teenagers, you know, kids. And so I always think about your organ function and just, you know, giving that uh, a break or just thinking about, you know, how your whole body is going to function. And I really think that cannabis, you know, has a lot of um, uh, benefits, you know, for mind, body and and soul, you know, spirit. Mm -hmm. And and so you don't have to have that high feeling. So that's THC. And so the THC is going to give you that high feeling, but if you need to do this to get through the day or you have pain or there's anxiety, you can absolutely, and that's the purpose of why you have a cannabis card and you have to speak to a medical professional and at a dispensary, they're also trained to be able to help educate you on how to to get the right balance, right? So you have CBD, which is the non-psychoactive component, and THC. So it's understanding what these components are and I mean, it's it it takes a lot to figure that out. So once you really start figure, you know, going down that path, that's why I needed to have a conversation because there's a lot of high functioning, very successful people that medicate themselves this way, right? And you know how many people are on a Prozac or a or a Lexapro or all these other antidepressants that are high functioning but highly stressed individuals? I think there's a more natural opportunity or alternative, and that's what we're here discussing today. That. If someone just believes it's, you know, what they hear, that it's some horrible thing and, you know, you're a stoner and you're this or you're that, it's, you might not even have the opportunity to find a safer alternative than, right, going down this path and just being open to a conversation and learning. So it's all just the, I just get upset when I hear people that don't open their mind and just immediately shut you down. Yeah. At Um, least hear about, you know, and I've had a lot of patients like, um, I'll have like the parents come in with their like younger teenager. Um, Cause I, I do uh, minors too, but I, I do mostly 18 and over, but um, they'll come in and you know, they'll, they'll have their, their opinion about using cannabis. And so by the time I'm done with the education process and we're talking about the CBD and um, th- they're usually wanting to sign up by right. the end or using topical products you know for their pains and their joint pains without actually having to intake the cannabis and so there's no um residual psychoactive effects because you're using something top topically um but yeah i have patients from the age of 18 to 96 right now um, wow from all walks of life literally like you know they do everything you know i have fortune 500 company owners and you know i have uh, military personnel. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that, wow. but you know, I just have people that do so many things. Um, other nurses, um, so and and they're functioning just fine, and they found that their their symptoms are better managed. Honestly, after we do follow ups, and they come back annually. Gotcha. So the alternatives that the kind of alternatives that I used to sell, just to give people an idea, I sold one drug called Zyprexa. Um, that was three hundred and eighty-five dollars uh, script. That was on average. Now that that treated a variety of of, of conditions, um, some of which cannabis may or may not be able to help. But certainly the Lexapro, the Cymbalta that I used. Well, I didn't sell Lexapro. I did Cymbalta, and that was the same. It was about three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Many times, it, when it was branded, it wasn't covered by insurance, mm-hmm. and the cost as a patient of medical cannabis is substantially lower. And I can tell you as someone who is not a, a rec, I'm not really a recreational user. I just, I use, I use it so like, you know, you're, you're the person who treats me. I take such a tiny dose and I do it only like when I'm super stressed out, I have anxiety sometimes. And it's like the amount of 
of benefit I get is fantastic. And I think the alternative for me, I don't take any other medications in my life, thank God, at least at this point, but the alternative for me used to be, I'm gonna pour a drink. I'm gonna get home from work, I'm stressed, and I'm gonna have a drink or two. That might lead into a third drink. And I'm like, what's the alter for someone like me? I'm like, for me, it's much safer in my opinion. And there's no calories involved with it. And uh, it's just it. So it it expanded my mind of what it could be and what it's not. But at the same time, there are risks associated with it. I think you shouldn't be too young and there's ways to abuse it like anything else. So I don't want to sit here and say that it's a magical thing that no one has issues with and not and it might not be right for everyone. Mm hmm. So yeah, absolutely. You're you're totally right on the, on the money with that. Like you know, just with anything else, you can misuse it and use it inappropriately. But if you're using the cannabis appropriately, you know, I I educate patients who have different conditions, respiratory issues. You know, not to use inhalation products. You know, just things that you know, you know, to make sense and make sure that they're they're having the best outcome and best quality of life. But yeah, so. You're totally right about the the medication and you know using the cannabis instead. Yeah, I think that most people are moving towards that too, um, knowing that also with some medications that they're limited to with with what they can cover. And so I feel like why not try something else that can be helpful. Yeah. And so, what are the options? So if someone went went in there, let's give them a preview of what what a what a console could look like so what are your options if someone is totally a rookie knows nothing what are mm -hmm. the options that they have to try cannabis can you help explain how you would describe that to someone yeah absolutely so the cannabis comes in different delivery methods so that means you can um, use inhalation which is either vape or dry flower which is the actual bud um, and they have different contraptions to, to use that that are healthier than others. Um, you can intake it, ingest it using edibles or tinctures. Um, tinctures are usually applied sublingually under your tongue. Um, edibles, you know, you, they have different forms, so capsules and then like chew, chewable gummies. And then there's topical ointments and, you know, pain patches that also are really good for muscular pain, tension, arthritic pain and things like that. Um, they have uh, suppositories <laughs> for right. Crohn's, Crohn's and UC, uh, ulcerative colitis for my GI patients. I'll, I'll recommend that sometime. Um, I think I covered all of the delivery methods. All the big ones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you see it now. People are so creative, I think, to to I mean, you have Tic Tacs with them. I mean, people yeah. have the little gummies. You, I mean, you name it. And I think mm -hmm. some of what some people bath are scared salt. of yeah. bath salts. Yep. Yeah. Lotions. Mm -hmm. You name. I mean, it's just like everything you could think of. And mm -hmm. so it's like and there's every variety. So you have, you know, so let's explain the different types of cannabis. Right. So you have some that might be better for nighttime or daytime. And right. so explain that a little better. Yeah, so there's um, the different strain types. There's indica, sativa, and hybrid. Indica, I always tell everybody, remember that by saying in the couch. Um, indica is more sedating. It's going to be more helpful for like chronic pain and sleep. Um, sativa is more uplifting. It's more beneficial for depression symptoms, ADHD, and focus. And hybrid is kind of middle of the line. It helps with, you know, both symptoms, just depending on 
the terpene profile. And so there's three major components in cannabis, the strain type, which I just explained. The terpene is the second component. There's hundreds of terpenes and terpenes are the smell and the taste of a product. So um, you can find terpenes in peppermint and all of your food and vegetables. And so those terpenes um, have different medicinal benefits. And so it's just really about being aware of those terpenes in your cannabis products. So that way you're using the proper strain and terpene. Um, and then the last component are those three letter acronyms that you mentioned, the THC, the CBD, those are ca called cannabinoids. And um, those have different effects as well. Uh, THC is the only part that causes that psychoactive impairment. Right. CBD reverses it. CBD is kind of like, I think of it like a multivitamin, like, it's like it, you don't really feel much. I mean, some people say they feel less, you know, anxious and it really does work for anxiety. But I think you have to take some doses to kind of get those effects and um, you don't really feel it. But you'll know that it's doing something really well in your body is doing the good thing because after using it consecutively, you'll have like less um, inflammation in your body. Um, so CBD is good for daytime. And then there's CBN. CBG and a bunch of those little three letter acronyms that all do different things like CBM is in Mary is good for blood glucose. Um, so it helps decrease blood sugar for diabetics. Wow. Um, so we talk about all of that. And what I've heard and what I've seen is that even you can do the best explanation, the best consult ever, they can explain exactly what their issue might be. But there is a certain amount of you're going to have to start slow and try something you can titrate up and see what your body reacts, what works for you, doesn't necessarily feel the same way to the next person. And so there's gonna be a little bit of trial and error almost to feel the best effect for any individual, correct? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, I mean, but the same is true with medication. I mean, with mainstream medication, with trying dosing and you know trying different medications. So it's the same concept, honestly. I mean, now we have a new system. We work with this company called Endocana and we do a cheek swab and you can get the specific terpenes that correspond with your genetics. No and way. So, huh. Yeah. So it kind of helps a little bit more um, to help kind of hone in and, and guide you to know that these terpenes, uh, these cannabinoids would benefit you the most. And, and so how many overdoses have you seen uh, in deaths related to cannabis? I've seen none. So there's no yeah. risk. So um, that's a big difference. I, I don't know why people don't like to discuss that. So if you have I've too large of a none. dose, you know, what's Cat Williams say in his comedy special? You get what, like hungry, sleepy, tired or whatever. He's yeah. like, <laughs> happy, hungry, sleepy. That's uh -huh. the main side effects. I mean, and if you feel like you're more paranoid or anxious, use some CBD because you just maybe over medicated. You're not used to taking that much cannabis yet. But you know, something you spoke to earlier um, about not using other unhealthy methods. Uh, I've seen a lot of patients like their liver, um, their labs, their liver enzymes improve, their kidney function improves because they're probably not drinking or using Tylenol and ibuprofen and other medications so regularly. Right. So their their kidney, their organ function is you know, improving over the time of using cannabis as well. And I'm not sure how much of that is related to the stopping of that, or is the cannabis really also benefiting 
Uh, well, I know one way is if we could have clinical trials to actually understand this. <laughs> yeah, so if we could actually allow the medical community to spend the money and figure this out, and there's so much money to be had in, in just the, the cost and production of flour, for example, that's coming out of California. I just watched a special on this. It's all, if you Google this, guys, like you'll see it, but the the cost of flour over there which is the traditional pot right that flour that you grow that you can uh smoke or you can you know um you know figure out to, to put into a butter cook okay. um but that cost of of an ounce has gone and it's been cut in half in just like two or three years yeah. and so it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and their methods of production is get, are just getting significantly better yeah, and sure. the big companies are going to come in and so i think they are going to, you know, the folks, because cigarettes smoke, right? And cigarettes in general are just, you know, thankfully, right? That's going down dramatically in this country in terms of the number of cigarette smokers. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, do you see it or do you ever get into reading any of these articles that when this, if this and when this becomes federally legal, that those same big tobacco companies are going to come in here and swallow this industry up and there's going to be four brands, you know? Well, I've definitely heard some of that. I haven't read anything, so I'm not going to, you know, say speak to that too much. But I, I have heard things and I'm just really hoping that because of the the regulations that um, we'll be able to, you know, try, try to like regulate some things and keep some things to ourselves, because I think if enough people like you know, kind of just like get behind it and make sure that we're not going to tailor because the thing about it is we don't want to tailor this natural product. Um, it's doing well with the way it is. And so, you know, it, you know, that's one of the, the main concerns I think a lot of people have about like, you know, it being, you know, altered and no longer really natural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I think we're leading, we're going that way. More and more states are getting this on the ballot. I think it's only a matter of time before we find a way to make this federally legal. I'm yeah. excited that, that more people will have the opportunity to maybe make different choices through education and some nerd like myself who would have never tried this before because anything illegal i was just too much of a nerd like that was the main reason for me you know i'm a law-abiding nerd that's all that's the best way i can describe it and so it's like so as this becomes legal more people yes some will abuse it but more people will understand and and figure out a way to add this to um a regimen of health and well-being yeah. And so the purpose of this podcast is to helpfully reach somebody that is on a bunch of medications more. I mean, I forgot the specific statistics. I used to know them when I was in pharma, but the number of medications per U.S. adult is just crazy. And yeah. we're just pumping ourselves full of pills. Yeah, it's like nine between nine and 13. Like most people are taking between nine and 13 pills. It's a lot of pills. It's a lot of pills. And yeah. we have an alternative that's a natural plant that we can learn significantly about if we could invest in the research. Psychedelics, I'll be honest, I've never tried them. I will try them at some point in my life, probably only when they're legal and we can control them because I already told you I'm a big nerd. But I'd be open to it because I recognize there is a medicinal benefit there that yeah. you know Johns Hopkins is spending a fortune as they yeah. continue to research this and helping people that have PTSD and other conditions, it's just like, okay, there's a whole natural alternative that I think we've all been not allowed to experience yeah. until recently. And explore, right, yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, we're definitely moving in that route, and I think that, um, I do understand, you know, to an extent having regulation, but I do think that um, letting people have that 
autonomy and a sense of being able to at least choose which treatment regimen they would like to use, um, especially with the cannabis. Now that we see is you know done so well and done so much, you know I think that that's going to be really important. I hope everybody like lobbies behind that and just continues to you know push for that um, to be in place and and continue. Well, states like Maryland, I think that it passed with 68%, I want to say, of the, the votes. So, yeah. I mean, you almost have, you know, we have over two thirds of the state that agrees that it should be legal. And I think federally you have similar numbers. Certain states, you know, down south are on the fence, but they'll come around eventually. Um, yeah. So in the state of Maryland, why, if this is going to be legal July 1st, why would anyone get a cannabis card? Like, what, yeah. is that a question um, you get? Absolutely. Um, so in July, even when it becomes uh, recreational, you know, it's probably going to be a little while before they can actually dispense recreationally or everybody actually roll out that program. So um, that's just one component. But then also the uh, taxation, I think, is another major thing to consider. As you mentioned earlier, um, medical products will not be taxed um, and recreational will. And then the monthly allotment being different, I think that plays a big role because a lot of people want to experiment and use edibles and cook with the cannabis. And so the recreational amount kind of like limits them. And um, Interesting. just also thinking about some of my patients in Virginia who, even though the state is recreational, they still get medical certifications Um due to a job or due to just having um, accessibility because they do not have a lot of recreational dispensaries. And, and if you didn't have a medical card, how how difficult is it? How many hoops do you have to jump through to be able to get one? How would you describe that process? Oh, to get a medical certification and card, um, it's not difficult at all. Um, you would go to the Maryland One Stop website, MMCC website, uh, they have an application on there that takes maybe 10 to 15 minutes, it's $25. They get back to most patients within two to three days, max a week if you may have done something wrong in the application. Um, once you get that ID number, you meet with me. I have appointments all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we could do the visit within 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you're certified that same day I get that ID number from you. We have our appointment, and you could begin purchasing at dispensaries in Maryland that same day within 10 minutes after our visits. And how, what percentage of people that go through that process, do the application, how many of them are able to successfully get their card? Because I know people um, didn't do it because they go, oh, I don't know if, if I'm eligible. And they're, they get so nervous, they don't even sign up for the appointment. Uh, I would say like 99 to 100%. I mean, I don't yeah. want to say 100%, but 99% of people, exactly. you know, because um, we don't, I don't typically, you know, if somebody, if somebody has a legit condition and they can, we have a conversation and we talk about and we review medical records and do all of that, um, there's really no reason to be denied um, if right. somebody um, is falsifying, you know, then I would say, you know, I might want to use it recreationally because, right. you know, this is for medical. But yeah, uh, there's no uh, denial, usually if you have something wrong or yeah. something. And so I'd encourage everyone to go to the website. Can you say the website again? Yeah, we're at canicaredocs.com. Canicaredocs.com and the Maryland website is? Maryland. So you'll just choose your state, click on Maryland. Okay. Um, 
and and then you can select the provider and we have um you know multiple providers multiple states but my name's nicole dennis and so yeah nicole dennis she she was lovely she took the time to discuss all these options with me and i can tell you it's not a very difficult process and you can look on the maryland's website and you can find out what conditions are covered it's really straightforward and um you know most people i think if you're on there because you think you might need it guess what you probably do need it and you should probably try it is the reality of the situation um we can come up with a good regimen that's exactly right and so i'd encourage everybody to to get a little more educated i know it's 420 i know we're going to not push this out on 420 so it'll come out well well after but the purpose once again is to get folks um some understanding of what this is I'd, to, I'd encourage everyone to read up on it and learn about the history of why this hasn't been uh, legal in the past. And the re, you like I, it's unbelievable when you listen and read and become educated as to why this stopped becoming legal because it was perfectly legal into the 1900s. And I mean, have you researched that at all? I don't want to put you on the spot, but when you read about it, you just can't believe it. It's so yeah yeah definitely and I, I i mean i definitely see some um documentaries about the war on drugs and just how um yeah just how it all, everything happened in the propaganda around it it was a lot yeah yeah and what i've continued to see is then in the in the the people that they wanted to utilize the ability to get them in trouble and lock them up over decades and decades and decades i mean you can look at who goes to jail for marijuana convictions yeah I mean, and people are still locked up for it, right? Yeah. And so without a doubt, it was a very useful tool. And in the 70s, when Nixon was available, like able to push this down our throat and tell us this is the number one, you know, concern we should all have, everyone was terrified. And so all these laws got enacted and it became, it's in, it's under the same category. It's category one, correct? It's the same as heroin and mm-hmm. and the rest. So there's absolutely no medical benefit is what the federal government states. And so now to backtrack that is exceptionally difficult on a federal level. Yeah, because you also pushed other countries to do the same. Mexico was pushed into making it illegal also, no? Uh, uh, and a bunch of other countries, no? So yeah. now you told us all to like fight this war. And I mean, look at the amount of violence no, my country is going through because of the drugs. And yeah, and, yeah it, it, it's all a sham. <laughs> it's all a sham. It's, it, just, it just makes me, I don't even, I mean, maybe I should be used to it. We live in America, but it's, uh, it's just crazy. And so Maryland is attempting with these licenses to give them to uh, dispensaries and to people now who essentially were locked up over decades and decades and decades in this country to give it more equally. So there is minority ownership and opportunity through this yeah. business. And I hope that's the way it rolls out, but I have a feeling it's going to be the way they discuss it. And somehow, somehow that'll get screwed up too. And, and hopefully they, what you were talking a little bit that uh, in they legalize it on a federal level, because this will only encourage the money laundering and the, 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 the cartels from Mexico are going to come here because you can get fresh, new, clean dollars without mm. any registering, no? So it's the perfect business. I have my manufacturing overseas yeah. and then I come here and I clean the money because everything's yeah. cash and legally, completely legal. So it, it's also a dangerous path, I think, to, to go yeah. that way because you're enriching uh, criminal organizations, literally. Mm. Jeez. Well, there's a lot to go through. <laughs> yeah, I always say a complicated issue needs a complicated resolution. Yeah, you know, it's it's complicated and and diverse, and so they're gonna. It's not gonna be simple, but 
something has to happen. Well, I, yeah. I just encourage, you know, I, that's what I've been preaching this whole time. It's everybody just educate yourself yeah. a little bit before you have an opinion instead of just Absolutely. preaching the same opinion you've had your whole life. Why don't you read about it a little bit, consider it, think about it, and then make a decision. I think that's, yeah. that's a healthy way to go about it. So, Absolutely. um, in an effort to keep this from going on for 13 hours, I wanted to say, if there's anything else you could think of that we should help explain or, or bring out there while I have you here on the podcast? Um, I think we covered everything or mostly everything. I, I appreciate you having me on here and giving this opportunity to shine light on cannabis. And uh, I, I'm really glad that it's been working well. <laughs> yeah, you. I think it's fantastic. And I, you know, like I said, the alternative to it is significantly worse. And I think, you know, I mean, Seth Rogen is a big proponent of this. I know he's a big celebrity and has his own brand and all the rest of it, but he describes his use of cannabis and he is exceptionally driven and successful and has 15 companies and all the rest. He describes it like putting on glasses. And mm -hmm. so he just said, I need glasses. No one asked me, why do I need glasses or why do I wear shoes? He's like, I need it to perform functional tasks throughout my day. In his mm -hmm. mind, he's like, this allows me to function in such a way that I can be productive. And, you know, yes, there's movies about it and everything else, but I just thought that was the best analogy I've ever heard about mm -hmm. figuring out how to use a natural um, regimen or option to be a high functioning member of society and perform at the highest level. So um, that's all I'd have to say about it. Well, I'm glad that you had me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me and, uh, and I'll put all your information here in the bio and the link and all the rest. So anyone can sign up with you if they'd like to have your own consult and learn more and get more educated on their own. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Nicole.